Welcome to another edition of the Thought Police. Now, it's not just any edition of the Thought Police, though, is it, Matt? No. Because, Are you uh, feeling more sovereign today? Yeah, I've got, I've got back power. I've, you know I've got control back. I woke up this morning <laughs> feeling in total control of my money's laws did and you? borders. Yeah, there did. you go. Funny enough. Isn't the know? world great now that we're all sovereign? Do you know what? I had a funny moment, right? And I think it might have partially been to do with how late I was out on Friday night. Yeah. Because on Friday night, I ended up... Um, at Nigel Farage's party yeah. at a very swish uh, place in Piccadilly called the Cavalry and Guards Club. Oh, right. Was, was this like a sort of after party? Yeah, party? this was the after party. Ah. It did start at 11. Did, were you, did you have to get specially invited? Yeah, then? yeah. Right. I, was, I was on the guest list. Although when I got there, the security was so bad. There were yeah. a lot of people queuing up. I just did what I normally do at these things. Yeah. There were some people wait, wait, sort of in a line on the stairs. Yeah. I thought they were queuing for the toilet. Right. I just went to the front. And there's a bloke there with a clipboard, and I just walked past him yeah, good, good. and went in. That's so fantastic. even if I hadn't been invited, I just walked in. You know, we used to do this with our mates at the Cheltenham at, yeah. the, at the festival, which is coming well, up. We well, just used great. to blag our way yeah. through reading a copy of the Telegraph. Well, it's a great thing about to... getting into places. If you look yeah. like you're meant to be there, totally, nobody's going to stop you. I've got a mate called Paul Tickle in Formby, mm. right? Who right. was for about twenty years. I think I know that name. Do I know that name? I don't think you would. He's a postie in Formby, but okay. we all grew up together. But he used to lead in the the winner of the champion hurdle yeah. every, every year, every year. Right. And he'd grab it as it was coming through right. by the reins, and yeah. the lad would be on one side and Tick would be on the other. Right. And he'd just walk through, and right. the next thing you know, Princess Anne's giving right. him a pat on the head. You know what I mean, <laughs> it was a stunning. Brilliant. But he just looked like he yeah. looked like a staple. Well, I don't remember that guy. It would have been when we were both at the mirror. Um, the sort of the prankster who managed to get in all the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, Man the, United, the and Man all. United yeah. picture with Cantona and all That's that. That's right. And, and he was sponsored by some gambling. Yeah, it's ama- yeah, it's amazing how easy that stuff is to do. Probably a bit more difficult down the land of, of terrorism, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, no, I woke up. Um, I got home at about um, three-ish or something like that. Good God. Um, but I started. I, I know I am really. I started late. Also, I'd been ill, as I've yeah, been telling right. everybody. I'm not going to say any more about it. But. Um, Derek Chisora was there, of all people, Derek right? Derek Chisora. Jim Davidson was there, oh, making a very funny speech. Of it's very funny. Was. I can only imagine. It was very funny, and it was yeah. not in any way racist before you get started. Right. And there was a whole host of the greater good Tim Martin from Weatherspoons, yeah. you know, all that sort oh, of crowd. It sounds know? like my, one of my nightmares. Loads that of really of funny sweating. people. And this very strange woman from South Africa, yeah. who's incredibly attractive, turns out she runs a jewellery business, right. just came up and started talking to me and yeah. asked me where we could go for a cigarette. <laughs> and I'm going, Bingo. pardon? <laughs> she was wearing like a real fur top and I, you know, Gosh. we got into a conversation about beasts, you know, it was yeah. one of those. And about I was beasts? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes. <laughs> I know how you yeah. talk about beasts. And uh, it was just very, beasts it was, a very, it was quite surreal, but good night anyway. Yeah, great. But I got home. One of, the, one of the greatest things that happened was that I came out and there was loads of people who were just more or less kicking out, waiting for Ubers and things. And yeah. the streets of London were rammed, really? not because of Brexit, but just because the roads are so shit. Yes. Right? Piccadilly yeah. is being dug up, right? Yeah. So I looked up the road and there was a huge long line of red lights. And I thought, even if I wanted to get a cab home, yeah. I, I'm just never going to get home. So yeah. I'm going to go and see if the tube's still open. Yeah. And I've never actually been on a night tube. Yeah. I don't know if you have. I have, yeah. Um, and it's, it's about quarter past two, half past two in the morning. Green Park, open, downstairs, down the escalator, Jubilee yeah. line, all the way home. Fantastic. It was brilliant. Fantastic. Fantastic. But that's as it should be, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. In a city it should. Like London. It should but before can... it gets shut down. Yeah, before everything Due runs out. Exit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the river dries up and all that. Anyway, I, briefly, you'll love this, right? Yeah. And I'm, I probably should never admit this to you, because you'll never let me forget it. Yeah. But I woke up, I went to bed at about, um, I was starving as well. Because yeah. suddenly my stomach was recovering, and I was desperate for a kebab, but couldn't get one. Of course, I mean, because one of the things you could still do in New York is get a kebab at like any time of the night. Yeah. After two, you still can't you can't order one. Right. And I thought it'd be unwise to. I knew there's one place in Deptford 
that does until five in the morning. Right. But even I knew that it would be a bad idea to get into the car to drive to the kebab house. So I went upstairs and I made some corned beef hash and eggs. Yeah. Went to bed. Woke up at about half past eight. Couldn't get back to sleep. Had a, like four or five hours sleep. Right. And I was kind of lolling about. And I suddenly kind of sat straight up like this. And suddenly thought, Christ, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> but it passed very quickly. I suddenly went... What the fuck did yeah. we do this for? Well, it must be like the first morning you wake up after yeah. the divorce has come through. Or after you get married, maybe. Or even worse, you know. Yeah. My God. It, or, is monu- it is monumental, except it's it kind of passed without... No, because I think, I think the human um, condition is that you, because you've been very concerned about it for a very long time, yeah. have come sort of the other way. Yeah. So that when you were on the show on Friday... Um, you're quite calm. I was very sanguine. You're sanguine. You're yeah. hopeful that it doesn't become a disaster. Yes. But, but you're basically calm, right? Yes. Whereas I've been the other way, so I've been really calm about it. It's fine. Don't right. worry about it. Yeah. And suddenly for a split second, I was like, and then the first time I you did what you th- did, what you if actually, I'm wrong? You actually thought about what it. What if I'm actually oh, wrong? Shit. You know? Yeah. Anyway, well, past we'll, very We're going to find out now, aren't we? Well, not for a while, no. I think. It's going to take ages. I mean, what's that funny? My machine just made a strange noise. Why would it make a Is that an alert of I think kind? I'm, yeah. Let me turn it you off. You run out of memory. There we go. It's a timer. I, do you know what I do? I use, this might be interesting to people. Mm. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. Right? Oh, yeah. And because I, I'm Tell terrible at focusing, I'm terrible at focusing, oh, yeah. I've got on my laptop and on my phone a 25-minute t- a timer. And then, so it runs for 25 minutes. Right. It makes that little ping sound. Well, so that you know that time has passed. Yeah, and then you've got a five-minute break. And then every three things, you get a 15-minute break. Oh, okay. And it's, for so, I don't know why 25 minutes, but for some reason, it's mm. perfect length just to keep you focused. You know? Okay, what do you mean if you're working on the project of yeah. some kind? Yeah, anything. If so I'm you writing, just need to yeah. stop. And, and, I'll ju- and I'll work for 25 minutes solid, yeah. and I'll be able to look up, and, so, and it's there. Mm. And I go, oh, right, I've only got three minutes to go. And okay. it saves you from going for the cup of tea yeah. early. You know? That's true. It's very good. Because actually working from home can be quite a challenge. Yeah. I did it a lot in America before I got my office. I used to work for my partner. Mm. Um, and I was quite good because I was in a, quite a good discipline yeah. because of the fact that I was five hours behind. I'd always be up at sort of seven o'clock in the morning. Right. To talk to the news desk in London because yeah. it was there midday. Yeah. You know, um, and if something massive had happened, they'd call me at five in the morning anyway. Gosh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. if I had to go somewhere, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'd spend pretty much all of the morning, I'd go out and get the papers, come back, spend all the morning just finding stories, watching CNN, whatever yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. And it was then at about one o'clock I'd sort of look up. Yeah. By which time, if anything they really want is done, yeah. unless I've got other stuff going on. Um, I could sort of relax and chill out. You know? Nice, yeah. Whereas much later in life, when I became um, a sort of freelance writer for a bit, yeah. I found it much more difficult. Yeah. Because it wasn't the daily yes. kind of thing. You the know? regimen. You've got to be self-starting. If you're working from home, though, you're mostly working on stuff for the company. Well, so I only work from home, like, basically on... On, on Mondays. On, on a Monday, yeah. yeah. And, um, and actually, quite often on the Monday, I'm in, in and out of the Groucho doing meetings and stuff, right. you know, like us metropolitan elites do. Well, of course you do. They'll be shutting down soon, though. I Definitely. saw a great story today, though, about a place called The Circle. Now, I can't tell you the guy's name, but he's a Lebanese... Um, sort of restaurant owner yeah. who apparently is the son of some mega wealthy in London in London yeah. place called he also owns Morton's which I've heard of uh-huh, which yeah, is yeah. a club yeah. um, and he's owned various other places this place has got a Michelin star right. but apparently one day last week and this guy believe it or not was given by his dad 315 million pounds 
to start a restaurant empire. God. Now, I don't think he's lost it all, but basically the place was declared bankrupt. Oh, my God. And, and it was either Thursday or Friday afternoon. Yeah. These four blokes walked into the restaurant during lunch. Yeah. People were sitting there having lunch. And basically <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. And people were going, um, wait for my cheese. Garçon. And the maitre d's well, going, the good news is, you know, no, sorry. Um, and there's no bill, Do you mind just paying us? I know oh they had to pay. God. These were the administrators who've come in, shut down the kitchen, seized everything. People were waiting for coffee. Bloody hell. You know, the dessert. No, not, you're a, not, out. A good, not a good look. Not a good look. But how do you no. how do you go bankrupt with three hundred and fifteen million? Quid? I mean, I know a little bit about this because uh, my my daughter's ex boyfriend um, was in the restaurant business, and it is full of flakes. Yeah, you know, full of people. And he, I, I'm thinking you might have even worked for this guy because he started a restaurant just off Baker Street. Right. Which, if anybody doesn't know London that well, it's sort of quite central. Yeah. Quite wealthy area. Yeah. Um, just around the back between sort of Regent's Park and Oxford Street. That's right. But it was on a very quiet road, yeah. sort of between Baker Street and Marylebone High Street. And so there was no walking no past traffic. Nah. And it was really sort of ritzy and expensive and, yeah. and done out with all of this really nice decor. Probably cost a couple of million quid to open up. Yeah, and then nothing. And I went there for my, I think it was Father's Day, and my daughter said, why don't you come, you know, he's, he's going to be dinners on him kind of thing for yeah. all the bloody money you've loaned him. And... Um, <laughs> There was no bloody, no bugger in there. Christ. I mean, we were literally the only diners until the guy who was the owner turned up with six people. Yeah. That was it. Well, do you know what? There's a place down... And I wasn't paying. There's a place down Blackstock Road, where, near where I live, near where we are now, mm. called Rapito. Oh, yeah. W-R-A-P. Oh, yeah. And it's... A, Sounds one like of these, a Mexican joint. Well, it's one of these concept places where they do wraps, and they've got a... You know, you can go in, yeah. you've probably got loads of different permutations. Yeah. It's been open for about four months. I have never seen a single really? soul in there, ever. But Are you sure it's not like these uh, hairdressers I've been telling you about? Some what, of these, the money laundering? Uh, the money laundering. No. I think there's a lot of that going on in London. Well, it might be. I don't know. I mean, it would be defamatory to, to speculate, but... Now I, you've named them, they, yeah. def- they definitely do sell wraps, and yeah. I've definitely never seen anyone Have you ever eaten them. in there? Never, no. What? But who would go into a wrap concept store? Well, I don't would want you? To, Well, I mean, I quite like wraps. It depends what sort of wraps uh, you're talking about. I like the chicken, the grilled chicken McDonald's wraps. Have you tried them? Uh, I'm not. No, if I go to McDonald's, I have hamburgers. Yeah. I don't go to McDonald's for anything else. Yeah. Why would you have anything else at McDonald's? So that you could look like me. Well, are you suggesting that I look like this because I go to McDonald's? <laughs> I wish it was true. I hardly ever go to McDonald's. I look like this because I gave up smoking. I keep telling yeah. you. And also... Um, I drink way too much. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, the big problem. That right? is the big problem. And I've actually, after I was ill last week, I'm thinking of going a bit easy on yeah. the drink. Well, you, as you know, I've been yeah. going easy. But we had our mutual friends, Kevin and Henrietta, around. Oh, yes. And I'm afraid I nailed about They're three not, bottles um, of red wine. Were they the expensive well, they ones? Were very, they were very reserved. Brought were around a superb bottle of uh, champagne. Which they always bring really nice stuff, actually. Beautiful. And some Turkish delight from a great Lebanese restaurant. Right. And, uh, Turkish delight. Yeah, no, it was very, very. Why did nice. they bring you that? Nice little sort of. Well, you always bring a bottle of wine, don't you? But it's a nice little. Well, I don't know what it says about me, but when they extra. came to my place, they brought about five. For, well, I mean, they, were, <laughs> they, they, were stay, they were staying over. Yeah, but they no, they brought some beautiful, like a beautiful white. I can't remember what it was yeah. exactly. A, be, a couple of really nice reds, a lovely yeah. bottle of, uh, of champagne. Yeah, no, they're very generous they when are. it comes to that. They are. And uh, but I drank a furious amount, and I was I was suffering. Did you feel bad? Yeah, sort of, except now and again you've got to blow the cobwebs off. You? you have. I was pleased that I didn't feel the need to go back on it the next day. Yes. You know, which I would normally do. Right. Well, I did. Well, I obviously didn't drink Thursday because I was ill. Um, yeah. Didn't drink... I didn't drink much on Friday. I thought and, you went on the, on the gin and Well, tonic. I went on the lash later, yeah, yeah but yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, you know... Um, not, well, I didn't start drinking... The day. <laughs> no, I, I didn't start drinking until half past eight. 
Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, the guy that I went to meet had been drinking since five o'clock. God. So that wasn't very crispy because no. at the time we, because he was going to the party as well. Were um, you still speaking the same language, no, or did you have to? Catch no, I'm afraid not. He was speaking pure drunkenese. Yeah, he was speaking pure drunkenese, and so I kind of lost him somewhere <laughs> in the party. and Didn't see him at all yeah. after I left. Uh, you know, and in fact, I left him with a crazy South African woman. Oh, great! Because at one point he was kind of in the in the in the in the room, as it were. Yeah. And she said something to him, and he kind of looked at her and looked away, mm-hmm. and she did one of those. Look, if I'm talking to you, you should be paying attention. Yes. And he went, what? <laughs> it's just too easy, you know. Very funny. Um, but anyway, so I saw him at work this week, and he's, he's fine. Yeah. But, um, and then um, Sunday, um, a great story. I've got a great story to tell you, actually. Go on. About um, the I think Jonas... this podcast could do with a great story yeah, at this point. the Jonas Brothers, right? Yeah. Now, there's some very odd people. Not odd, I don't mean odd, but I mean people you wouldn't expect that listen to, to me on the radio and have done. And there's yeah. one particular guy who started listening to me years and years ago um, in America, because he used to love talk sport. He's an Arsenal fan. Right. He's originally from Venezuela. Right. Um, and his dream was to come and watch Arsenal play and all this kind of thing. And so yeah. we kind of went back and forth on Facebook a couple of times. Anyway, when the two mics were still a thing, we went and did a show in New York. Did you? And he wrote to me at right. a place called The City Winery, um, yeah. organised by me, of course. Yeah. Um, was it a success? Great success, really? yeah. We live streamed it as well How on Facebook. How many people? Um, not that many because the city yeah. winery is quite a small venue. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably about I don't know seventy five, hundred. Fine, yeah, there. but nice, intimate, really great place. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what was interesting um, was we were um, playing on the same day. We had to move the show from the evening to the afternoon mm. because um, what's that um, American singer who did Luca? You know, my name is Luca. No idea. Come on, you must know. I'll have to look it up. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. Oh, that. You know yeah. that one. My, the, I live upstairs woman. from you, yeah. Um, what was her name? Well, I'm going to tell say, you. Didn't she do... Um, she also, she did, she, she's famous for two songs, yeah, basically. It wasn't the one... She didn't do that... Um, the one about the colours or something. <laughs> What's her name? My name is... She's got that kind of whimsical voice, hasn't she? Yeah. Okay, My Name is Luca. Yeah. Uh, was sung by... Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega, there you go. Thank you. And she did one other very famous song. Anyway, yeah. she was booked um, to do the show. Right. Um, God, she's lost her place in the world. No, I mean, I was so honoured. Listen, I've played Dingwalls, right? Yeah. Where uh, the Ramones played. Yeah. And where I saw Martha and the Vandellas. We've been really? in the same dressing room. What? So that, to me, is As a big Martha thing. Martha and the Vandellas? Yes. Have you ever heard that fantastic David Bowie story about dressing rooms? Where he's playing a working man's club in... Um, I think it was in Swansea oh, yeah. at the beginning of his career. Right. And he's, he comes out and he's about to go onto the set. Was this at his Ziggy Stardust? Yes, set? and he's got this sort of crocheted Harlequin yeah. one-piece right. jumpsuit on. Right. right, and he's bursting for the loo. He's about to go on stage and he grabs the manager and he says, where are the toilets? Where do I go for a piss? And the fella said, you see that sink down there? <laughs> That's where you go. Right. And he says, I'm not pissing in a sink in a corridor. Right. And the fella said, listen, if it was good enough for Shirley Bassey, it's good enough for you. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. So anyway, so Suzanne Vega, uh, yeah. I thought, well, this is great, because everybody loves that song, right? It's a really cool yeah. song. Um, anyway, um, she was doing, I think, the show in the evening or something, so we ended up having to do it in the afternoon, which we actually ended up being a good thing, because we were live streaming it yeah. to a lot of people in Britain. But people were, I mean, we, a couple flew from New Zealand really? to come and see That's us. Amazing. I mean, it was unbelievable, yeah. right? Anyway, this, this guy, about a week before the show um, gets in touch he said Mike I'm really sorry 
but I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to make the show. I've had to sell the tickets because, and he lives in LA. Yeah. He said, because um, I've just been, you know, offered a really good job. I can't really not, not do it. And yeah. I said, and what's the job? He said, it's a drummer with the Jones Brothers. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> so I have no idea who this guy was even a musician. God, anyway, God. so last week, he's, he's on Twitter and stuff. His yeah. name's Demian. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. And I'd never met him. Right. But he, he tweets me and he goes, listen, we're in London next week. Would you like to come and see the, the band? He's still with them then, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He started like two years ago, yeah. and they've just done this new tour, yeah. and he's just been in Dublin and Birmingham, and he's doing the O2. Amazing. And uh, I said, well, I'd love to. Um, but I didn't, re- didn't realise it was actually this Sunday, because right. it was quite a busy weekend. Yeah. And he was nice enough to get two tickets, so I, so yeah. I said to my oldest, Oliver, 15-year-old, I said, um, do you fancy going? Yeah. So in the end, I drove all the way down to Sussex on Saturday morning after the all-night oh, drinking session, came all the way back up <laughs> on Sunday. And we went to the O2, and they were fantastic. Were they? Yeah. And it was so sweet. He came out, because I said, you know, he, I, I wasn't expecting him to give us backstage passes, because you know these American bands yeah, are like. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I went to, I told you that story, going to the U2 um, yeah. recording studio. I mean, That's all the, right. the management, they're just <laughs> kind of looking at you like, yeah, who's yeah. this guy? Yeah. yeah. So I can yeah. imagine they'd be even worse. Yeah. Um, so he came out into the kind of body of, of the O2, just as you go in. Yeah. Gave us, they gave him a t-shirt, gave us two tickets, Fantastic. which were literally right by the stage. Amazing. Um, what a nice guy. Really nice. But then, and you'd never so, met and him then talks, it was never met him. Just he, a fan. Yeah, and then talk, and then it was a, he said, and he explained to my son why he listened to me and how yeah. important it was that you have to listen to other people. He said, I don't agree yeah. with them, your dad says. Yeah. But you know, I've always loved the way he talks to people. Yeah. And then we talked about Arsenal. And he was getting he was getting some of the lionesses down because um, he's, he'd never been he's never been to the Emirates. Oh. Fine enough, I told him about you. Yeah. Because I said a friend of mine lives right next to the old Arsenal. I said you've yeah. got to come and see it. Yeah. So I've taken pictures of it today. Fantastic. Which I'm going to send him. Well, and the new Arsenal's just. Well, he's going to go to the new one. Yards, he's going yeah. to the new one with the the yeah. Arsenal girls. Brilliant. Because he's invited all of them down to the Jones Fantastic. Brothers tonight. Because oh. I think they're playing Wembley uh, Arena. Are they? Um, oh. And. Just an amazing experience because oh, there nice. I was, and the funny thing as well about it was that it was me, my son, and about twenty thousand teenage girls. Yeah. Right, because they're a kind of boy band, yeah. but actually a lot better than that. Yeah. And there were a few blokes staggering, stag- staggering about who looked really embarrassed to be there. Yeah. It was quite funny. And did your son like it? He loved it. Yeah. Because it's the first ever concert he's ever been to. Ah, but of course, fantastic. it's a bit like his experience at the Wembley. Um, when I took him to the Olympic for his birthday, we got tickets to one of the games in the Olympics yeah. at Wembley, and we had our own box. I think I've told you that story. Yeah. And I had I'm to show you. Have, actually. Hey? No, have I not? I don't think so. Well, we went in, it was one of those, it was 2012, so yeah. he was quite a bit younger. Um, and it was the sort of early stage of the Olympics. And we just went online and saw what was going on. And we got tickets, for, I think it was something like Mexico against Colombia or something right. like that in, in, in the world, in the, in the, in the football. at Wembley Stadium. And we get to Wembley. And you know what it's like. You go inside and there's escalators. Yeah. And I'm looking at the ticket and the escalator going up and we go and I keep going up and keep going up and up and up until we get to the executive floor. Oh, right. And I'm like, this is nice. It's all hushed, you know, carpets, and yeah. doors. And I keep following the signs. Finally, they open this door. It's a box. Fantastic. Which there was nobody in. So there was no bar or anything. Yeah. But I mean, basically we had our own toilet. The two of you? Just the two of us. <laughs> Right, and we go out, and there's like six seats outside. Fantastic. There's sofas inside. What a result! Um, if you'd opened up the covers, there was probably packets of crisps and things. Yeah, yeah. 
And I said to him, it's not like this all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is the next football match you go to, it won't be like Someone this. Someone will be pissing down your trousers. So, of course, <laughs> his, first, his first ever experience of a, of a, of a music show, yeah. he's sitting in front. row B, yeah. front and centre. Yeah. The guy on the percussions is waving to him. Yeah. No, because the guy could see us. Yeah, fantastic. Right. And, and you know, I'm just, and, and, and we didn't pay for the tickets. Amazing. Oh, so like, you it's know, not always like this. So. I said, you know, yeah. it is really nice. The mosh pit, yeah. you know, down in front of uh, Dingwalls, you're yeah. not going to be doing this. Well, but it was my, a great Sunday night. Goes, uh, he's only 14, but he's into hip-hop and rap. And oh, is he? Stuff. Yeah. Very much so. And he, Does he go to live shows? So he went to see some fella called, oh, God, I can't remember his name now. But it was a, a, t- a tour where all the tickets were a fiver. Right. And he's like a hardcore... Is he a sort of local rap- London Yeah, he's guy. a gritty... I think right. he's from London. And... Uh, and of course, Theo being like a loon starts throwing himself into the mosh pit right, and loses course. his bloody mobile phone, thank you very right. much, which is after a week. Yeah. And then blames me for the fact that the well, phone won't and and there's another blames, one. This is what they like, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the entire we came out of the, we came out of the O2 and the last time I'd been there it'd been to see you two and actually yeah. I had access to a to a lounge. Because the trick there is if you can have a drink for half an hour, yeah. the crowd's all gone. Right. Into the into the tube. But we couldn't do that this time, right? Yeah. And we could have hung around because Demian said, if you want to hang around for a while, he said, I don't know how long I'll be, but I can maybe come out. I didn't really want to do that because no. it was late. Yeah. Um, and he had to get back to school, so I had to get up at like six o'clock. Yeah. Um, so we're walking out and the guy, and of course there's a big queue to get into the tube and he's kind of looking around. I'm like, what's up? He's like, isn't there another way? I said, well, no, there isn't actually. <laughs> so I'm sorry I haven't organised, uh, you know, had like Escalade for you or maybe a powerboat or the river. Yeah. He said, well, what about the boat? I said, well, the boat will be just as bad yeah. and the queue will be just as bad and, it don't, yeah. and we have to get two boats yeah. to get home. I said, it'll be fine. Yeah. But he was clearly not happy. It was your fault. Yeah, it was my fault yeah. for not organising transport. <laughs> you know. And then at one point he said, rather like the Thought yeah. Police podcast, he said, well, maybe one day we'll have, you know, human transportation. Yeah. Well, what do you call it? Not transportation. Um, <laughs> what do you think that you is? Know, what, you know, the thing that they do on Star Trek. Uh, teleportation. Teleportation. Yes, it, yeah. I'm sure. I said, yeah, but you know what would happen if it was organised by British people? There'd still be a transportation station. <laughs> you'd have teleportation queue. queue that you'd have to wait in line for. So you'd be better off just getting the tube. Definitely. definitely. You know. And then we then we ended up having that conversation about flying cars. I'm telling you about yeah. what you and I had said. Yeah. And he went, well, yeah, but why would you have if you had flying cars, you wouldn't have regular cars, would you? I said, why not? Why would you be such a fascist about you know means of transportation? Yeah. Why would you not have all? No, sorts I can of see things? his point. Why would you want one if you had a flying well, car? Well, because I said it would be less crowded on the road, wouldn't it? It would be. And yeah. also, not everybody could afford it. Also, if the engine on a non-flying car breaks down, you right. don't fall. By the way, I've had a, I've had a, te- a tweet from someone about your you've been wrong about the helicopters because uh, this guy said which bit the about bit about how the uh, rotor blades make all the noise. Of course, they, oh no, go on. We're not going to go over the same thing, but yeah. anyway, it was told. I was it was told. This guy said he knew about helicopters. You've met some guy who said, "Yeah, you're right," and he's wrong. No, he tweeted. I haven't even met. Right, him. Um, and now reckons, that's definitive. But he proof, re- no. Well, I'm just saying there are not. Yeah. Everybody doesn't believe, agree with you. What? Well, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> that doesn't, that, that's because they're fucking Anyway, idiots. I'll tell you what, let's go back to something serious that yes. we need to talk about. We need to talk about the way that the um, Westminster sort of Friday night business was covered yeah. by yes. the media. Because actually, I do think it's pretty indicative of what's wrong and what will continue to be wrong with what's going on. And even as we speak, there's a big row going on in Downing Street because apparently Boris Johnson's chief of communications called a press conference, or a briefing as they call it, tried to select a few journalists to give it to, yeah. and they've all walked out. Right. 
So we've reached a sort of uh, impasse. Impasse. I suppose I'm not going to say White House esque, mm. but for a long time now, Dominic Cummings has been controlling the message, hasn't he? Yeah. Because he refuses to talk to the yeah, press. Yeah, but the press is is culpable in all of this because I think so. we play we play a game. People may not know it's called the lobby, mm. and to traditionally to get into the uh, number ten briefings, you needed to be a member of the lobby, right. and there are so many lobby seats, yes. and you have to pay, right? But it's a very kind of cliquey It's a very close shop, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and, you know, everyone's... All the papers have got their desks. And the Sunday papers have a separate That's briefing right. system on a Friday. Yeah. And they get to hold a story till the next day. So it's all kind of... So it's all kind of... in a, They're all in a bit of a club, you know. Yeah. And I, I think it's not... It doesn't encourage people to rock the boat much. No, and, I, and also I, think, I imagine it's a lot bigger now than it used to be. Yeah. Like now, for example, presumably you've got people like the Huffington Post. Wanting well, you had that uh, Guido Fawkes mm. character, Paul Stain, which yeah. was I think where it started was he was live tweeting mm. the uh, press briefing, which is against the gentleman's like, agreement. The gentleman's agreement, because you, can, you don't quote people. No, right? because you, what the gentleman's agreement says is you get the news, then you all as the lobby get a chance to go off and write it up. Uh, right. Before breaking it, right. so no one has the and if it's and if it's given to you as um, you know sources close to yeah, so if it's an exclusive, that's different. Yeah. I think you get that up and running as yeah. soon as you can. But but it's like uh, you know football managers. Mm. All the sports reporters have a rotor yeah. where they'll phone Jurgen Klopp on yeah. a Sunday, so he doesn't have to speak to fourteen right. different right. reporters. Right, but it does a lot. Remember, Alex Ferguson was good at this, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he used to kick people out of his press conference. He banned the BBC. He banned the BBC yeah. for a very, I think, small-minded reason. I think he was a small-minded man when you look at I don't know it. if he was. I mean, you would say that because you're a Liverpool fan. Yeah, but you'd I be think, accused of that. But, but, yeah. but I think to, to ban an entire organisation on the basis that they did a documentary that your son was and might be a bit dodgy, yeah. which he almost certainly is, or was <laughs> at that time, you know. And you go, yeah. what are you being so petty about? Yeah. But also, well, I mean, the were, you know, the way he conducted himself in changing rooms and and you know, through kicked a boot in Beckham's face and sat Yap Stamford yeah. writing a biography that he right. didn't approve of, and all of this. Well, business. that shows you how far we've come, though, doesn't it? It because does. I think I preferred it that way Did than you? the way it is now. What? Than Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, no, they well, all no. want to win. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying I prefer. I suppose it's Jurgen Klopp. I prefer yeah. that footballers were kept in their place by the manager. Yeah. That's because rather than. Rather than the fact that you, they they now get their agents to you know maybe yeah. uh, sort of make a move to make a move kind of thing. You've you've got Stockholm syndrome because you've been Why? through a similar environment in newspapers yeah. where we've all been bullied within a of our bullied. lives. No, I was never bullied. We've been shouted at, no. and yelled at, yeah, but and threatened I was never bullied. With dismissal. That was that made no, us bullying. Never mind, no, never mind. Threatened with dismissal. I was dismissed. Yes, but that no. these days that would be seen as an outrageous assault oh, on your rights. Yeah, I know. Well, I've also been on the on the on the other end of that, giving it to people. Yeah, you me know, too, shouting yeah, me too. And, but I'm a bit ashamed about. Well, I don't the way think I ever bullied anyone. I think I've said things to people in the past when I was young. Really? That, yeah. See, I've never seen you like that. Well, I remember saying to a guy once, uh, you know, a sub editor, and he would have been about my dad's age mm. right, at the time, and I would yeah. have been about twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Hot shot, you know. Big. You pr- can be a bit of a prick at that age. Oh my god. Can you half? Yeah. And I remember saying to this guy, I said, Would you do this? And he said, Well, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I said, Just do it. He said, yeah. no, Well, I'd like to talk about it. I said, You know what? Just do it. Yeah. You know what you can do, don't right. you? And he just looked at me and said, Well, you're going to sack me, are you? And I saw that, mm, no, yeah. I can't do that. Can right. I? <laughs> so I just walked away. But the, I, I do remember being an arsehole. I had a similar occasion like that at the Express because when I took over the Express backbench, yeah. which is the production area, for those of you who don't know, 
um, I was very much thought of as an outsider yeah. because I'd come from the reporting side, right? And so immediately all the subs thought, oh, yeah. this guy doesn't know how to write headlines exactly. or in the draw page or any of that. And there was one guy um, who got moved for some reason or other and he came in and he said, I'm not sitting there. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you're not sitting there? He said, I sit over there. I said, well, you don't fucking sit there anymore. Now you sit over there. It was always about something yeah. stupid, right? Yeah. He said, well, maybe I'll just leave. I said, well, maybe you will. Yeah. And maybe nobody will fucking care if you come back or not. <laughs> I would sit down there if I were you. And he did. He fucking sat down. Yeah. Because that's the but way that, the world. But the, yeah, I think but you and I came up... That's more of the Ferguson yeah, school. Because you and I came up in that yeah. sort of background, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think... Uh, thank God, I think, that, that it's not like that anymore. Although you would have to say that... That's probably a lot more successful. You probably days. put you on your game. Mm. You know, you were terrible. Well, I mean, my sister and I have these conversations about Wall Street because there's an awful lot of, yeah. uh, of of similarities between the kind of decline of Fleet Street and yeah. the decline of Wall Street, both in business and in the way that things are now done, mm. and in the regulations that have changed everything. You know, I mean, she was working in Wall Street when it was the Wild West. Yeah. You know, and she tells stories, horrible stories of you know, you come in and you put your computer on to be some porn picture there yeah, because oh, you're God. a woman, you know. Oh. Um, or, you know, people would just yeah. be shouting at each other. Yeah. You know, they'd all be snorting coke. You yeah. know, they'd be out with hookers all night, yeah. you know, strip clubs. I mean, yeah. she said they'd think nothing of going out and spending 12,000 quid on dinner. Good God. You know, yeah. but she always got on with it. Yeah. You know, and she didn't give a shit. I'm not sure we'd have got that past Eugene Duffy on the expenses <laughs> Probably trail. not, no. <laughs> Probably not, although maybe one day we will tell a few expensive stories, but yeah. I'm always wary, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Quite. I don't know what the statues are limited. Yeah, I'm not is. sure either. I'm not <laughs> sure either. But I remember I used to, I used to. there was a great lawyer, we talked about lawyers um, the other week, there was a great night lawyer who used to come in, he's dead now unfortunately, and he used to take me out for dinner, right, and pay for it. Where, at the Mirror? No. In Scotland. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. In Glasgow, because yeah. there's some great restaurants yeah. in Glasgow, you probably remember. Yeah. But, I mean, he would buy the most expensive wine, like hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Was it Charles? Um, no. No, oh, no it was Paul McBride. Oh, yes. Right. Um, oh, who was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant guy. Yes. And he died tragically in mm. somewhere like Pakistan. That's right. He had some kind of seizure. That's right. You know. And it's Great unexplained. Shame. Great really shame. clever guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a good mate of mine, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just used to give me the receipt. Yeah. And they, it was so expensive. Yeah. I said I used to have to say to him, look, put the wine on a different receipt. I can't even claim that. It's so much money. He'd spend like seven hundred quid on the wine. My God, like, I can't put that in for to the mirror. Yeah, you just can't do it. You know. I remember once being out on the on. It was after the Pride of Britain, I think, right. and we found our way into some very salubrious cocktail bar right. in Mayfair. Right. And. Simon Cowell was there, Louis Walsh was there. This is not, you're not talking about the Zeta bar down below. No, 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 no. This it, is after the Zeta this bar. This is after that. And the, so Cowell and Louis Walsh were there. Mm. And, and I was there, Richard Wallace, who was the editor at the time, was there. Peter Willis was there. There was a bunch of us, maybe right. 10 in total, yeah, yeah. right? And after, every, everyone was getting on fine, having a laugh. It was before Cowell had sort of become like Massive. mega, yeah. mega god. Anyway, yeah. he was still huge, obviously. And at the end of the night, I just noticed Cowell very discreetly just said to the major D, bring us the mm. bill. And he just, without making any fanfare or anything, didn't even say, I'll mm. get this, lads. Just right. signed off for it right. and gave him his, his black Amex right. card and, then, and said, I've got to go, guys. See you later. Right. And was off. Right. Left the receipt on the table, right, which I thought, hello. Mm. Picked it up and put it into my pocket yeah. and then didn't look at it again until the next morning right. and it was for like for 1200 quid Christ. so now I thought oh, well that's no use to me right. but I know a man who might 
right. learned to pass it by. Mm. So took it into Ricky Wars. <laughs> Dickie, Merry Christmas. This was in about September. Right. Merry Christmas, and Richard just looked at it and went, oh. <laughs> now, whether he claimed it or not, I have no idea. Probably I wouldn't not. Have, I wouldn't have I'm thought sure so. he wouldn't have done it. Mind you, he doesn't live here anymore. No, that's just, so I'm sure that's right. He works with Simon yeah. Cowell now. Well, funnily enough. <laughs> Um, maybe he's claimed it back off him. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? Claim back the receipt that he paid for. That would be justice, right? Um, well, look, we've done like just over half an hour. Should we save the um, critique of the way the press has done um, Can do. Brexit? Yeah. Or should we just carry on? Let's just carry on for five minutes. Because I don't want to talk yeah. about it after today. Really. No, let's do it. So let's do it. And also, can I just say before we go on, yeah. if, if you're listening and you like what you're hearing, then obviously subscribe to the podcast but also leave us a review and mm. give us a little five star also rating. get some more people to email us with stuff they want us to talk about because yeah. people love the old media stories by the way they do, they do. what is it thoughtpolicepod uh, thoughtpolicepod at gmail.com gmail. yeah. there you go anyway so let's talk about yeah so I mean even you must have thought to not cover it particularly like it's a big thing I mean yeah. if you if you landed here from Mars and switched on terrestrial TV yeah you would not have thought that there was an historic moment going on. I was astonished. I, I mean, I mean, who would make that decision? I was astonished that uh, there was a couple of things that knocked me out. One was the Daily Mirror yeah. had a full page yes. wraparound advert for Iceland on the morning of the of us leaving yeah. the EU. Now I know things are hard. And yeah. I'm sure all our mates on the Mirror will have been as sick as we were yeah. to see that, I'm sure they and would. will have argued yeah. hard against it. But you know what kind of boss at mm. the mirror chief exec would yeah. say sod it we need the 20 yeah. grand or whatever it was you know well it, i guess the guy they've got now God. i mean unfortunately that's why you can't have commercial people running newspapers no. i mean i know they have to be in charge of the money yeah but you they can't make those kind of decisions not because they like will that. always make that decision yeah because nothing to them is as important as the mighty as dollar the moolah yeah. you know but also the television coverage for them for yeah. nobody to carry boris's speech live it was incredible was it? quite remarkable yeah. and for the way that they covered um, you know the Parliament Square thing yeah. was ridiculous because you yeah. know I was around there um, drove to it drove around it was in it for a bit you know yes there were idiots there of course there were mm. in the same way that there were idiots at the vigils that were going on I mean people weeping yeah. openly yeah. in the streets <laughs> right and somebody told me the one around the corner in Smith Square at one point was funny because it was raining <laughs> and they couldn't light the candles <laughs> In the same way as the other wallies couldn't set fire to the Euro yeah. flag, yeah, because it's it's not flammable. No, it's like it's like because of like um, EU, EU, regulations. EU regulations make it impossible <laughs> to set fire to. And you go, yeah. of course they're idiots, yeah. but that's not the story. Yeah, the story really isn't that. You no, know? it was a great misfire, wasn't it? I think, and the whole, I, think, I mean, as a lot of people said to me, and, and these are all very straightforward. Many of them not even leavers, saying, you know, how could you ever go into a crowd at Notting Hill Carnival? And so there's a lot of black people here, aren't they? Yeah. You could, couldn't do it. Yeah. But they can do it to white people. Yeah. No, it was bizarre. And really also, weird. I don't, and I just think the whole... It's going to take us about sort of three or four months to get our heads straight I think on, so. on the media agenda. I think so. Know? Because the whole kind of, I would say, tenant of um, the story over the weekend yeah. was, you know, we've turned into this horrible, racist, yeah. ghastly, horrible country. And yeah. the, the whole thing about thick people that was the trend yeah. on Twitter... And I don't believe, I don't know about you, but my journalistic instinct tells me that, you know that, have you seen that um, supposed notice that went up in a block of flats? Yeah, in, not, I did. In Norfolk, I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you know that area better than me. Well, yeah. I don't believe that's a genuine thing. Well, I think it is because it was carried by our very upright and I'm not saying that you didn't carry it, but EDP. I'm saying 
I think it is a proper story. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it is. I think it's yeah. either a setup, right, or it's actually one crazy person. But my yes. experience of people who are that stupid and ignorant yeah. is they can't write, yeah. and there's no spelling mistakes, right. and there's no grammatical errors. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that's a clue. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. I mean, if, you know, if it's real, all it tells us is that yes, there are utter dickheads out there, which who, we already you know on on either side. Yeah. And, um, the great challenge now is trying to bring a bit of common yeah. sense. I mean, my worry, life. I mean, obviously I'm not going to say you shouldn't take, carry stories like that. But all I would say is, is that to make more of them yeah. than they're worth. I yeah, think but what do you do, though? It's like the Terry Christian thing we had, the, had on, yeah. on your radio show, yeah. you know, it was kind of... Which was great, by the way. Mm. I loved uh, That I, was great. Well, I we saw a few people on Twitter saying it was like an extra Thought Police yeah. podcast. A lot of people think we should do a radio show. I'd love to, mate. We should, yeah. we should talk to the bosses. I'd love to. That. Who's your agent? You haven't got one, have you? Well, do you know, I might have one soon. Ooh. I can't say too much. Oh, very but, good. Um, right. One of the benefits of my little trip to the Ivy Club yes. was that I ran into someone. Oh, did you? Mm. Right. Which well, I you can tell me it. as soon as we click the off button on this, I'll get to know it all. Okay. All right. We'll see you on Thursday. We'll see you on Thursday. Anyway, I, briefly, you'll love this, right? Yeah. And I probably should never admit this to you because you'll never let me forget it. Yeah. But I woke up, I went to bed at about, um, I was starving as well because yeah. I'd suddenly my stomach was recovering <laughs> and I was desperate for a kebab. I couldn't get one. Of course. Because I mean, one of the things you could still do in New York is get a kebab at like any time of the night. Yeah. After two, you still can't, you can't order one. Right. And I thought it'd be unwise to drill. I knew there's one place in Deptford that does them till five in the morning. Right. But even I knew that it would be a bad idea to get to the car to drive to the kebab house. So I went upstairs and I made some corned beef hashed eggs. Yeah. Went to bed. Woke up at about half past eight. Couldn't get back to sleep. I had like four or five hours sleep. Right. And I was kind of lolling about. I suddenly kind of sat straight up like this and suddenly thought, Christ, what have we done? <laughs> Very quickly, I suddenly went. What the fuck did yeah. we do this for? Well, it must be like the first morning you wake up after yeah. the divorce has come through, or after you get married, maybe, or even worse. You know. Have you ever heard that fantastic David Bowie story about dressing room, where he's playing a working man's club in, um, I think it was in Swansea, oh, yeah. at the beginning of his career. Right. And he's, he comes out and he's about to go onto the set. Was this his Ziggy Stardust? Yes, set? and he's got this sort of crocheted Harlequin yeah. one-piece right. jumpsuit on. Right. right, and he's bursting for the loo. He's about to go on stage and he grabs the manager and he says, where are the toilets? Where do I go for a piss? And the fella said, you see that sink down there? That's where you go. Right. And he says, I'm not pissing in a sink in a corridor. Right. And the fella said, listen, if it was good enough for Shirley Bassey, it's good enough for you. He said, well, maybe I'll just leave. I said, well, maybe you will. Yeah. And maybe nobody would fucking care if you come back or not. <laughs> I would sit down there if I were you. And he did. He fucking sat down.